0: Alright. Welcome back to a new episode, everybody. We're gonna go into Reformed Theology, Armenianism. Um previously we went into Calvinism and we kinda like really depunked a lot of things on it. But now we're gonna go to Armenianism because again I'm not playing favorites and I'm not playing, um, I hate one or the other. They both are very sound doctrines, but they both have issues. Um so, as we went before, Calvinism was actually founded upon um, monergism, which uh, was actually referenced all the way back to Augustinianism, which was uh, one of the basic foundations of the uh, Roman Catholic Church, um, With in which case, uh, when the Roman Catholicism came into place, um, was in a direct um, accord of salvation that was... Largely accredited to the Second Council of Orange, when we went into the Second Council of Orange and we like go into all the stuff that the Roman Catholics believe, we understand that it's not attributed to Scripture. Um, although they have many traditions and stuff, a lot of the traditions are ma- uh, made b- uh, based upon synergism, and uh, synergism um, is basically a con a conflict of Um, basically a Christian theology is the position that who holds a salvation involves a form of cooperation between divine grace and uh, human freedom Um, this is usually upheld by the Roman Catholic Church Orthodox Churches Anabaptists and Methodist Churches in which case we know that a, a good large sum of those are teaching heretic teachings Versus um, monergism is uh, more based on a Christian theology that holds God works through the Holy Spirit to bring salvation to an individual through spiritual regeneration. Regardless of a person's cooperation, it's most often associated with Lutherianism, as well as the Reformed tradition. Um, these are... Um, basically uh traditions and uh or basically theologies that have been um afflicted to the low church of Anglicanism, puritans the dutch reformed church reformed baptists and presbyterians um when we look at these their doctrines again they will start aligning but then why do we have all these different denominations that, like, withhold all these slight differences, you know? The reason why these doctrines and everything that holds slight differences is because everybody interprets the Bible a different way. And with the interpretation of each thing, it means that there's no doctrine that is sound, you know? Because everybody can read in a parable. So now that we defined what synergism and monergism is, then we're going to look at a quick quote of what um, Charles uh, Spurgeon said. I have my own private opinion that there is no such thing as priest Christ and himself crucified unless we preach what nowadays is called Calvinism. It is a nickname to call it. Calvinism. Calvinism is the gospel and nothing else. Charles Spurgeon basically took the gospel and took Calvin's doctrine and attributed it directly to the gospel saying that it is the gospel. Um now many people are probably going to look at me and they're gonna be like, "Well, you don't understand his context and all this other stuff." The, the the clear point to this being is that calvin's interpretation of the gospel is not the gospel the gospel is the gospel you have a book to read called the bible and that is the gospel um armenians do the same thing as calvin uh calvinists in in that sense they follow their own doctrine over the bible itself because their theology is based on a root fundamental um on Um, what uh, I believe um, on what the Arminius uh, take as a true uh, statement to the gospel. Charles Spurgeon also wrote, Does not the Methodists hold as firmly um, as ever as we do that a man saved by the operation of the Holy Spirit and only the Holy Spirit the old Armenian standard said the same. Truly they affirm that God has given grace to every man. But they do not dispute the fact that apart from that grace, there was no ability in man to do that which is good in his own salvation. Now, that said, Charles Spurgeon, um, again, I have never met him. I don't think I ever will. I think it's because he's dead. Um when we go into a lot of this stuff, um, when we go into a lot of this stuff um, and look into these different doctrines and these different belief systems, um, all these people, these Reformed theologists and stuff, they were given uh, standards of what to believe and... You know, during this time of the church when the Catholics um, were being uh, protested against and the Protestant church ended up reforming the Bible and literally bringing out these doctrines to help people understand obviously certain people took favor to others now Armenianism still withheld this, uh, the test of time as same as Calvinism so these two Uh, doctrines um have definitely stood out and it it definitely plays a a big case on where where people are going to stand obviously people can be led to led to the gospel through these doctrines but to say these doctrines are the gospel is complete heresy because these doctrines are interpretations of what the gospel is so one thing is that uh armenianism um which i believe was made by john weasley um Armenianism was basically uh, again a part part of synergism, um, which again was uh, co-founded under um, uh, Plagianism or semi-Plagianism, which again was condemned at the, uh, Orange, um, basically at uh, condemned at Orange in um, five twenty nine A.D. So. During the 525 AD being condemned, um, <coughs> which is well before the Reformation happened, it's safely to assume that it was one of the councils of the uh, Catholic Church that has condemned those uh, teachings. Um, when we look into it, um, semi. Uh, plagiarism um, basically says that the future result of first choosing God and then cooperating with God's grace to work holiness including use of the sacraments under salvation. Uh, the assurance of salvation is not possible. Um, predestination reprobation. Um, the uh, election is based on the foreseen approach to God and a life cooperating with God's grace, human bondage to sin versus outstanding of original sin, which would refer, uh, reference largely free, everyone has the freedom to first approach God before he graciously works within us, and then to cooperate with God's grace in his righteous acts. Uh, where does the human contribution come in? Um, we make the first um, approach to God and then cooperate with God's grace in growing holiness. And was the justification? A lifelong process of being made righteous. Uh, going into the evangelical, um, Armenianism was based on their own free will to choose a place in their faith in the gospel. Will if they will not fall away be saved? Ultimately, salvation is losable. So the difference between Calvinism and Ar- Armenianism is salvation can't be lost in Ar- Armenianism; it can be lost. Uh, there's no assurance in salvation. Um, the elect are chosen uh, according to the for, uh, foreseen faith, elected to a losable state of faith. The reprobate are those who do not maintain their faith. Um, human bondage to sin and understanding the original sin. In bar- bondage initially, but the universally freed by providence of grace to be able to respond to the gospel according to our freed will. Now we can e- all either resist or cooperate with God's grace. Um... When we look at the human contribution, God's prevalent grace restores free will that enables people to choose to believe. Christians must choose to remain in their faith, and or they will lose their salvation. And the justification is an ongoing de- uh, declaration in which a person has faith; their past sins are forgiven. Losing faith equals justification stopping. So when we go into this we understand that they're saying all who believes and if you choose not to believe then you lose your salvation is what the armenians are saying now the difference between this and calvinism is calvinism essentially believes the exact same thing but they believe it in a different way when you ask an actual calvinist of a person that is saying um to a like a christian and they're talking to them and uh yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I do this, and you know, then all of a sudden they sin or they fall away from the faith. A Calvinist belief standard is, oh, you were never saved in the first place. Then, you know, they instantly assume that because they they fell in their faith, that they they were never saved. So they can grace graciously accept anybody as an elect in their faith and then they'll essentially push them out saying that they were never saved now this uh coincides with um the the point of where uh they say depart from me for i never knew you you know when they say that in the bible um they basically said for all those who call me lord lord will not enter the kingdom of heaven because i'll say depart from me for i never knew you in this case what they're saying is like in a in a calvinist standpoint they're saying that jesus or god already knew the ones that are going to come to him and if he didn't know them then he can say depart from me but at the same time god uh, jesus also said if you love me keep my commandments now, when you have to keep his commandments, that means you've got to live through a holy life as well. And this is where um, Armenians believe if you do not follow a holy life, you can lose your salvation. If you lose your faith, if you lose you know, your, your, your strength in God, then you will lose where you're at. Now, the question is, is how many are Calvinists are perfect and how many Armenians are perfect? Um, How many Lutherians are perfect? There's nobody who can coincide in being a perfect person. Which means that the Holy Spirit, um, based on the free will um, that a person has, can't or cannot um, be infringed upon. Basically on Calvinism they're saying we don't have free will. So that means any sin that we do was already co-expected by God for it to happen and we're automatically forgiven there's no need for us to repent there's no need for us to do anything now Calvin uh, Calvinism is going to say oh we have to repent we have to do this because we did something wrong but if we don't have free will then we can't do something wrong versus Arminianism saying we do have free will the Holy Spirit abides in us but when we start sinning and stuff, we need to repent because we have that free will. And that's the part that makes a little more sense to me. Because if we don't have free will and we're sinning, then we're saying God's allowing us to sin. So, now many people are going to say, oh, you just don't understand the doctrine. Well, th- there's no, like, in and out. You can either have free will or you can't. There's free will instantly because anybody can reject Christ. If you can't reject Christ because you are saved, then that means you don't have free will. But if you can reject Christ, then it means you're choosing to. It's as simple as that. Um, again, the five points of Calvinism goes by, uh, a thing called Tulip, um, Armenianism, uh, goes by free will and hum- human ability, uh, you know, conditional election and, uh, universal redemption, uh, of course, going through, uh, different various cases. Armenianism has, uh, a lot of different, um, standpoints, um, So when we go into uh, a lot of things based on Armenians and uh, Calvins is uh, Calvinism has uh, definitely um, been influenced by Augustine and uh, then we go into Armenians. And Armenians is a theological movement in a Protestant church which rose as a more liberal reaction to a Calvinist doctrine of predestination. And this movement uh, began around the 16th to 17th century and asserted that God's sovereignty and human free will are compatible. Um... In which case, when we go into this, we will. Um, I'm going to explain like a little story here, um, but I figured it would be good to kind of dig into the uh, the differences and um, understand where we're going from. So. Basically, when we thought about the basic understanding of Calvinism and Arminianism, the important thing is that you need to know the doctrines if you're going to try to follow and abide by them. In which case, I dismiss both doctrines and I say go straight through the Bible. Granted, um, this isn't going to be a super deep conversation here. It's going to be just a quick like explanation. Um, but uh, one of the most... Um, Uh, conflictable debates is Calvinism versus Arminianism and Calvinism um, was uh, based on the teachings of John Calvin in the 1500s and uh, Arminianism was based on the Dutch um, theologian uh, Jacobus Arminius and that's where Arminianism and Calvinism came from um, Armenianus actually studied under the son of, son-in-law of Calvin. So he actually was learning from Calvin's, you know, people and stuff, you know, people that actually followed Calvin's work. But while he was reading the books of Romans, he started to doubt Calvin's doctrines, which led into two ways of thinking. Calvin centers around supreme sovereignty of God, predestination, total depravity of man, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and the um, perseverance of the saints. Armenians, on the other hand, um, emphasize conditional election based on God's foreknowledge, um, Uh, man's free will to cooperate with God in salvation Christ's universal atonement resistible grace and salvation can be potentially lost now when we look into these um, doctrines and we compare them side by side we look at first God's sovereignty because that is the complete thing and that is universal that is biblical and it's actually explainable in both the Bible and in the doctrines. So um, this is the belief that God has complete control over everything in the universe. And he will is and will always be the final cause of all things. And Calvin Calvinists believe that God is 100% so- sovereign and he knows everything that will happen because he planned it. Armenians believe that God has limited control in relation to man's freedom and the response to it. The reason why I kind of edge more with Armenians on this is because there's numerous passages in the Bible that literally talk about choice numerous passages from Old Testament to New Testament, but the thing is, is the way Calvin's doctrine interprets it, is Calvin doctrine interprets the free will that the people have was not actually free. It's because God chose them to do these things, and that's what led them to do it. Um, Armenians believe that there's a limited control in man's relation to freedom and their response to it. So, um, in other words, if we look at the book of Job, God literally said that his foreknowledge knew that Job would win, uh, would, you know, conquer over Satan's, um, you know, plan to make him reject and curse God. God knew already. But it was up to Job to have his free will to do that. That's where the bet was. God isn't going to fully cheat But he already knew he would win, you know, it's kind of like when you're playing poker with somebody and the person keeps smiling, you know, um, in psychology, when I studied it and everything I was in college for, I got my degree in it, um, we learned a lot, a large portion, um, basically parts of deception and how you learn to read people, body language, posture, micro-macro expressions. Now, when you look at these kind of things, there are certain things that will happen. Some some things happen at such a split of a second that if you notice it, you can tell if somebody is being truly um, has a good hand or doesn't have a good hand. You can tell by their Body posture, you can tell by the way that they they carry themselves. So, in in other words, God already knew he was going to win. But, this is just based on how he knew Job. You know, God knew Job, how faithful he was, how much he loved God. So, you know, he says, alright, I'll take this bet. Now, Satan did horrible things to Job everything that was you know cast upon him basically god allowed satan to do what he wanted to do which means that um throughout that whole process god already knew where job was going to stand job's wife told him to curse god um job's children job's fortune job's everything was being lost and instead of cursing God, he actually accepted the will of God. He openly accepted his God's will. Um, but then he would go to his friends and he's like, I don't know why this is happening. And his friends kept saying, you're a sinner. And he kept saying, I'm not a sinner. I didn't sin. I don't know why it's happening to me. And they're saying, well, now you're in denial. So, came down because Job questioned so much that... Because of Job's questioning God revealed a lot of things to Job at that precise moment explaining that you're not the one who created humanity and you're not the one who has done all of this. If you did all of this then you would have my knowledge but you don't have, you don't understand why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Nobody understands why and in Isaiah God says your thoughts are not my thoughts. And if we had no free will, God's thoughts would always be our thoughts. Simple as that. So that's one of the reasons why I have it. But then there's um, another one, which is election. And this is the concept of how people are chosen for salvation. Calvinists believe that God elected some to be saved and that others have nothing to do with man's future response. Armenians believe that the election is based on God's foreknowledge for those who would believe in him through faith, which means God, cho- uh, God chooses those who chose him on their own free will, based on man's response to God's salvation. This is a good reflection of John 3.16, that when um, Jesus dies for everyone, not the, just the elect. Now, Calvinist's doctrine says that, yeah, he died for everyone, but he technically only died for the elect because he already knew that not everybody would go to heaven. And in that case, Calvin was right because not everybody will go to heaven, but at the same point, he's saying that everybody who believes. So you have the choice to believe or not. When you see the two sides, they're different, but on some cases they're the same you know Uh, and then we also have the uh, point of once saved always saved which is the perseverance of the saints which is um, eternal security and the calvinist believes that there is eternal security and there's a uh, preservation in salvation because god will see it that none will be lost Believers are secure in their faith because God will finish the work he began. On the other hand, Armenians believe that that because of free will, believers can turn away or fall from grace and potentially lose their salvation. Now, why do I kind of lean more toward that? Because Calvinists will say, well, if you fall from grace, then you're never truly saved. Well, in the same case, you have people that actually witness God and fell from grace. Look at Satan, for example. Satan was an angel that literally was like was able to witness God. He literally would talk to God. He would approach the divine council. He would be there constantly. But what happened through all that is he chose to defy God, and he chose to lead a bunch of other angels against him. Now, if a Calvinist doctrine says that's one of God's mysteries or, you know, that had to happen or anything other than they, he did not have free will, then um, I can't see why anybody would distinguish that, you know, from true or false, you know, Satan fell because he chose to, Adam and Eve fell because they chose to listen to Satan. Cain killed Abel because he was jealous and that jealousy took over so he committed a a, a sin. Um, God does choose people. There's no doubt about that. God can choose whoever he wants. But there's a difference between choosing a prophet and choosing the people who believe. If the Jewish people at the time, the Hebrews and all that, kept going back to idolatry, and kept going back to sinning, you know, with the Canaanites, and all these other different uh, religions that were around them, then if they kept being influenced by them, were they never truly saved? Or were they just getting lost? You know? Because now you're telling me that, you know, because Solomon, for example, was a syncretist, he was never truly saved, even though, God loved Solomon with all his heart. Calvinists say that believers will persevere in salvation because God will see it and then will be lost. Armenians believe that the free will can be turned away and fall from grace. And even though I do tend to lean a little more with the Armenians on that, there are certain parts of the Calvinist thing that I believe too. The once-saved-always-saved doctrine um, is a very important thing because they do ensure certain things within um, Paul's epistles. But in that, those people were much different than the people we have today. Now, if we have to really reflect on stuff, we go into the book of Revelation where they talk about the lukewarm church and all all the other seven churches which were, you know had sinning going on in which cases they had to repent there are certain doctrines or deeds of the nicolaitans that they were mentioning and all these things that they were doing would reflect um solely on how people can fall from what they're doing and this is the reason why god said you need to repent otherwise you know i'm going to take your garment i'm going to put out your lampstand you're not going to be able to come back but at the end whatever you believe whether it's calvinism armenianism these are just points in doctrine sta- uh, theological positions um, they both have biblical foundations and this is why the debate has been always ongoing and different denominations disagree with different points that are correct and uh, incorrect you know, so a lot of people have mixed perspective on what to truly believe because Calvinism and Arminianism are concepts in theology that conflict with each other. Um, concepts that go well beyond human comprehension. So if we can't truly understand God fully, because God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts then Calvin's thoughts aren't our thoughts and aren't God's thoughts. They're Calvin's thoughts. And um, Arminius's thoughts are not our thoughts and it's not God's thoughts. It's his thoughts. And then from their thoughts created doctrines. And those doctrines have been pushed out through churches. And those churches have read and taught those doctrines. And in which case, it's okay to understand these doctrines, and it's okay to probably believe some of them, but infinitely, these are doctrines that are explained by two men that are, again, fallible in what they're trying to teach. And then from their teachings come preachers that are preaching them. And from those preachers are going... You know, and it's going to keep going down where these doctrines are going to get watered down. They're not going to be explained correctly. People are going to believe them over the Bible. So they're going to be reading books about John Calvin and books about Arminius over the books of the Bible. And that's one of the issues we have. So one thing that we had to understand about um, Arminianism... Um, when, uh, Arminius was a, uh, the person who basically founded all this stuff in and he, um, started going through in the 18th century, John Weasley was very influenced by Arminianism and, um, basically he stated that God wills all men to be saved by speaking the truth in love. Now, Armenianism was a very important influence in Methodi- uh, Methodin- Methodism and which developed the Wesleyan movement. Now, here's the thing. I am not a Methodist, and I am um, not a Calvinist. I am not, uh, you know, I don't follow under a specific denomination in church. You know, I'm a Christian, I don't need a denomination to identify me because I don't identify with a doctrine. I identify with the Bible. However, if we're going to go by anything, the churches that I go to are Baptist churches, which mainly Reformed Baptist churches teach Calvinist perspective. However, the Baptist church that I go to teaches from the Bible. They don't teach from Calvin's point of view. So that's where the difference lies. Now, when we look into the way that all this stuff is, uh, you know, conflicted in the way that um, the way that the uh, theology was born from um, uh, Armenianism was it was based off the teachings of... Um, Pelagius, which was a Christian theologian born around 354 AD, Um, he studied a lot of grace. He was a monk theologian who was um, under the heterodox theological system known as uh, Pelagianism, which um, emphasized the human effort in the spiritual salvation. um, Based on coming to Rome about 380 he was um not a priest but he became highly regarded as a spiritual director in the clergy and laity and he was um again as a reproach of spiritual sloth for many uh, roman christians whose moral standards regress uh, greatly distressed him um he blamed the moral laxity on the doctrine of divine grace when he heard the bishop cite from the confessions of saint augustine of which augustine was actually a point of where calvinism was started um basically uh Pelagius attacked his teaching on the grounds um for the uh, moral law and uh gained a considering following at Rome and um, his uh, closest collaborator was a lawyer named uh, Celestius so when it came down to this it came down to the letters of Paul to Titus for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all to 11 from the, divine, uh, from the time of the early church Christian theologians have developed and clarified the Bible's concept of grace. Now, what we need to understand is that the means of grace between Catholics and Protestants um, versus FNC of the sacraments or divine grace is dependent on good works performed or the alternative, which is the Protestant way of looking at grace by justification by grace alone for the Protestant um, principles. When we look at this, we understand different theological point of views. The Roman Catholic Church has many theological views that have evolved over time. And they continue to evolve today with the different popes and different clergy that enter in. Because the more liberal a clergy gets within the Catholic Church, the more liberal the church will become. In this case we have seen numerous acts upon the catholic church that have reflected negatively Um, based on these principles we understand that when the protestant reformation happened they were going against what the catholics were teaching because what the catholics taught were technically against the bible because what they were doing is they were taking doctrines and interpretations outside of the Bible, making doctrines of them from outside sources, such as Plato, um, Socrates, Aristotle, all these different philosophers that would um, denote it, parts of Gnosticism, parts of different um, basic beliefs and constructs that would interpret a divine law for their own belief, um, Augustine, for example, was um, a person that was heavily influenced by different teachings. And those teachings he kind of threw in. Um, <clears throat> you can actually re, uh, listen to one of my previous podcasts that talk a lot about the Catholic Church and a lot about the early church movements. Um, from these circumstances and these clarification points, what I'm trying to point at is that the Protestant Reformation is moved into um, denoting what the Catholics were teaching but the Protestant Church didn't do much different than the Catholics from what happened is is even though the Catholics took doctrines or made doctrines and catechisms outside of the Bible to inherently make it so that they had to go through things like that Protestant says it's, based on scripture alone it's the bible is the sole, uh, sole authority and then from there came calvinism armenianism lutherianism and so on and when you have these doctrines that are popping out we're having multiple selections of these doctrines that are supposed to interpret the bible for people and now people are going to be looking at these doctrines instead of the bible this is the problem i have my problem is we're not supposed to go outside of the Bible Charles Spurgeon can say Calvinism is the Bible but now you're listening to Spurgeon instead of the Bible you can say Calvin, you know, doctrine is the Bible or the Gospel but now you're listening to Calvin instead of the Bible you can say Arminius is the same thing it's the Gospel but the Gospel is the Gospel we have jesus's word we have the apostles word we listen to the letters of paul and we know that a lot of the, all these people died as martyrs so why is it that we have to go through an outside source to interpret the bible through means of a separate doctrine when we have it all in front of us it's because that people are too scared to open their bible and fully acknowledge what the bible teaches itself instead of them uh, learning from the bible they want to learn from schooling so they can get a degree in it which they're going to teach the doctrines they're going to learn from um they're going to learn from preachers charles stanley john macarthur uh you know all these different people that are literally going to push out um what they believe as interpretation of the bible as actual fact instead of actually having us read the bible when they talk about the armor of god and they talk about the sword that we have which is the word when we have that spirit, when we have the Word of God and everything, are they are we ex- expected to be holding a Bible in our hand, or a letter, or a doctrine of, you know, Spurgeon, or you know, Calvin, or Armenian, uh, Arminius? Uh, who are who are we supposed to be holding? The Word of God is what we need. So if we have the Word of God, and you're going outside the Word of God, you're not any better than a Catholic. The only thing that makes you a little better is that you're not worshipping a saint. So, my point being, and again, not to disillude anybody, but when you say Sola Scriptura, I mean Sola Scriptura. Go in the Bible. It's solely Scripture. Go there stop looking at outside sources if these outside sources lead you to the bible that is great armenians there's a lot of things that i do agree with them and there's a lot of things i disagree with them i prefer going to a church that uh, is more based in a calvinist perspective but i'm not a calvinist and i'm not a person that follows armenianism i'm not a uh I'm not a person that follows outside doctrine aside from what the Bible teaches. So, it's great to understand and know these doctrines. But if you cannot disillude what the faults of these doctrines are, because it says all doctrines are justification for reproof, if you can't reproof these doctrines and you can't uh, see what they need to be fixed, then you're not reading the Bible. You're reading the doctrine and interpreting it as the actual Bible in fact itself. Anyway, um, that is uh, my episode on on Armenianism. I know it's a lot shorter than Calvinism. Calvinism just seems to be a more popular and a more in-depth trend where I would have to go into more verses in the Bible to explain it um if you read or listen to the calvinist interpretation or my you know interpretation of calvinism and my explanation of the parts that i disagree with then um you'll also see the parts um in armenianism that i would probably disagree with as well um although i should probably put them in here um (coughs) The, the previous one that I did for Calvinism is a, it's a better perspective of how um, these will conflict with each other, but I did want to put down a Reformed theology of Armenianism because this will explain people that don't know what Armenianism is or people that don't know what Calvinism is. It's more of a simplistic way or analysis to understand um, from that. Um, God bless you all, and I hope this helped. If you do have any questions or concerns or anything you guys want to inform me about, um, you can email me at ministermartyr at gmail.com.